0: The following sermon was delivered by parish associate, Rev. Dr. Patricia Kitchen, in the sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person, or on live stream. For details, go to FAPC.org. And now, here's Rev. Dr. Patricia Kitchen. Our lesson for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, and this story follows right after the feeding of the 5,000 context. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came he was there alone but by this time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, Peter became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. It is such a joy to be here with you in this sacred space and across live stream after two summers of preaching into the lens of a camera, but it was and is a superb camera, the work directed by our gifted Emily Dumbroff. During my first summer in residence in 2017, I simply and irretrievably fell in love with you. Those are not pretty words. They are the truth. Your compassion, your action, and your spiritual gene of justice are compelling. It's just so good to be together again. Pray with me. Oh Lord, make us, each one of us, instruments of your peace and of your justice. Make us instruments attuned to your mysteries And your miracles that leave us scratching our heads in curiosity and wonder. Amen. Water Walker is the heading given to our gospel lesson in a new Bible I found last week in the bookshop of St. Francis Springs Prayer Center near Greensboro, North Carolina. It is an interfaith center founded by Franciscans as a hub of justice and prayer in the South. Soaring pine trees, a glass chapel, small hermitage cabins and stunning art and sculpture punctuate the grounds. This Bible translation honors the faith and culture of indigenous and First Nations persons and the gospel story of Stands on a Rock, Peter, and Creator Sets Free, Jesus, the two of them meeting upon the stormy water is cast in new light. The disciples are in a canoe when Stands on a Rock climbs over the side of the canoe to walk upon the water. It struck me how subtle descriptive changes can open our eyes to a broader theological lens, a theological lens, a kaleidoscope actually, where people of all colors, orientations, faiths and traditions belong. Since childhood, science has proven to be a lens akin to a set of binoculars for me. Expanding my vision and matters of faith, my older brother was given a microscope when I was nine, and we set up a lab of sorts, analyzed feathers and bugs under glass slides. Perhaps after we give our children Bibles, a year or two later, we could give them microscopes or binoculars. We'll talk. So my curiosity was piqued when I stumbled upon a science news article reporting that on that dark and stormy night, Jesus may have walked on ice. In a journal of paleolimnology, I had to look it up. It's the intersection of the sciences of physical science, biology, and chemistry, that studied um, in sediment in the water and gives all kinds of clues to things that could have happened formerly. Well, in this journal, Florida State University oceanography professor Dora Knopf posits that rare patches of floating ice may have formed on the Sea of Galilee, now known as Lake Kinneret in northern Israel. Anything is possible. Physicist Richard Feynman said succinctly that Doubt is not to be feared. We must leave the door to the unknown ajar. Leave the door to the unknown ajar. One reason I believe that science matters in all of life, including in our gospel stories, is that the main point of Matthew 14 may not be the walking on water, but rather the water walker who comes to us, the one upon whom we train our eyes no matter what is roiling around us. In the opening chapter of John Calvin's Institutes, in the section on the knowledge of God, Calvin describes the natural world as the theater of God. There's an anthem composed by Randall Thompson set to a poem by Robert Frost called Choose Something Like a Star, in which in my reading, not Frost, but my reading, the star is a cousin to Christ. In part, Frost writes, O star, the fairest one in sight, we grant your loftiness the right to some obscurity of cloud. It will not do to say of night, since dark is what brings out your light. Say something, and it says, I burn. But say with what degree of heat, talk Fahrenheit, talk centigrade, use language we can comprehend. It asks of us a certain height, So when at times the mob is swayed to carry praise or blame too far, we may choose something like a star to stay our minds on and be stayed. Our gospel lesson captures the enigmatic Jesus who came to earth not in a shooting star or a space shuttle, but in a tiny human body. On land and water, followers of Jesus encountered a life with Christ of puzzling parables, unexpected parties, unanticipated storms that all began with a curious birth. God came to earth in the form of an infant and grew to be a man who loved and laughed and prayed and cried and became hoarse and tired and hungry. Love came to earth, put on sandals, and walked among us. I believe that Jesus was God with arteries and veins and toes that could be tickled like the children we baptize in our font. Yet still, we scratch our heads when we read this familiar account of Peter and Jesus meeting literally on the water. And we may wonder why are we surprised? The Bible is a sacred sort of Ripley's, believe it or not, full of holy moments, of miracles caught in time. Miracles that happen to have affected the world with the imprint of the most unusual love. The love and life patterns of the countercultural, counterintuitive Christ about whom Dr. Albert Schweitzer wrote. He comes to us as one unknown, without a name as of old by the lakeside. He came to those who knew him not. He speaks to us the same words, follow thou me, and sets us to the tasks which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands, And to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience who he is. The more we experience the mystery and the mercy of who Christ is, we learn that to try to be fully rational about divine action is to miss the bus. Many years ago, my eldest son purchased a light blue t-shirt at Urban Outfitters. On the front was a picture of Jesus and the words, Jesus surfs without a board I told someone earlier, I'm never funny, but I'm going to say that again. The t-shirt said, Jesus surfs without a board. I'm not sure exactly what the graphic artist had in mind, but I found myself thinking and smiling about what might have appeared to be an irreverent t-shirt, but it wasn't. If Jesus could walk on water, he could, no doubt, surf without a board. There is nothing nothing boring about Jesus and no one knew that better than stands on the rock Peter. I feel somewhat simpatico with Peter perhaps because he could not be tamed and Jesus loved Peter just as he was. Peter was noisy and carried within him a lot of big feelings. In my understanding, Peter was a rock. And he was a common saint, imperfect and impetuous, upon whom Christ built the church and its ministries of justice and love. And this is the crux of the text. We are common saints, called by an uncommon God to have faith enough to rearrange the world. We are called to be the architects of new and fair systems, including recreating a New York City housing policy to respect the unhoused. Each one a child of God. We are common saints called by an uncommon God to love all persons and to treat strangers with empathy and dignity, especially those in precarious housing predicaments, as this congregation does mightily. We are common saints called by an uncommon God, but still we worry. We worry about our world and the escalating temperature of our climate and of the hatred within it. We are common saints called by an uncommon God to change this old world with a dogged and irrational love. In our text, Jesus was bone tired and grieving the death of his cousin, John, who had been beheaded. So after Jesus had preached and fed the 5,000, he sent the disciples ahead by boat and he climbed a hill to pray. Understandably, sometimes when Jesus prayed, time slipped out the side door. But a vigorous storm moved in over the lake, and as is his manner, when waves churn at the feet of our lives, Jesus went to meet, perhaps not to rescue, but to meet the disciples. He probably headed around the top of the lake by foot, but then realized the gravity of the situation. Frankly, Jesus had a number of options. I think he just chose to be expedient and walk across the water to reach the boat swiftly. Honestly, I don't think he was trying to be dramatic or shocking. I do not think he was in the mood. I think Jesus was simply trying to be present as quickly as possible. As Jesus came near the boat, Peter, in his zealousness, went from crying out with fear to staring at Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, Take heart, have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter responded, If it really is you, Lord, bid me come. So Jesus called and Peter climbed He climbed right over the side of the boat, not taking his eyes off of Jesus, lest it be a dream. Peter put his left foot down on top of the cold water and then his right, watching Jesus. Rain pelting, heart racing, believing, and watching Jesus. One foot slowly before the other, watching Jesus a slight grin beginning to form across his face but then a huge gust of wind blew Peter's long shirt and a cold wave rushed up the back of his leg Peter took his eyes off Jesus to look down at the turbulent water and Peter's faith froze save me Peter screamed as he slipped into the sea Jesus quickly reached Peter with his steady hand and pulled him up and into the boat asking, Peter, Peter, why did you doubt? You are so bold and so complex. But fear not, Peter, fear not. There will be more water we will need to walk upon before long. Keep your eyes on me rather than on the storms around you. I do not know what harsh winds may be blowing through your world or the world of someone you love right now. But Christ is present. Keep your eyes on him. And now go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage and hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all persons, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.